0: Thank you, Brother Reed. Good evening, friends. Very happy to be here this evening, to be in the service of the Lord, to to try to do His work. And
1: we pray that it will be a blessing
0: to many of you. It's a blessing to us to be here with you and in His service. I'm very conscious of, of cameras.
1: <laughs>
0: All right, fine. I remember many times in the services uh, of the pictures and things. Well, the Lord bless you, brother. So uh, I remember it's kind of hard to think. Me look right in one. I'm blind for an hour. hours. <laughs> this has certainly been a privilege to be here. It looks like homecoming, sure enough, to see them all line up around the wall again and then the people out and stand out in the rain and so forth. It looks like being down in Arkansas. <laughs> and so we didn't advertise the meetings because we were, uh, you know, for a few days where we could teach and preach a little while and, and kind of get the things lined up. We hope to be back with you again soon. The Lord tarries. I'm going home now to get ready for Africa and India and Palestine, Germany, many places overseas. Our Lord just give us the greatest meeting in Africa. We had 30,000 converts in one day. And 30,000 in one day. And when they've seen the glory of God coming down, the missionaries has been over there telling them about it. And when they've seen our Lord come in and do just what that they've been taught He would do, I asked for the altar call and 30,000 raw heathens come to Jesus Christ at one time. And we had about three or four meetings. It was 100,000 altogether, but 30,000 with one altar call. So we're going right back to the same place again where the Lord has promised me by a vision. Many of you want to hear about if a vision speaks and what will come to pass. Now, you write this in your Bible like you did the, the little boys to be resurrected from the dead in Finland. You remember that? You see it in the voice of healing and so forth. After two years, it had been predicted. We're going to have a meeting there which will, will be three times the size of the other. There will be 300,000 people in the meeting. Let's see if that isn't true. Oh, how our Lord will bless this time more than He did the other time. I used to write that down on something. Just put it away and see if that isn't right. There's going to be somewhere. I don't know where. There's a little baby. Got a little white shock of hair sitting in front of its head here, just about eight, ten months old, something like that. A very poor judge of age. It's going to die. Something's in his throat or chest that'll kill it. It'll be carried out on a canvas stretcher colored green to an undertaker wagon to take it away. I'll be coming by at that time and it'll recognize the vision. God will give the baby back its life. it will go back into the house again and be well. Now, you see if that isn't true. I'm watching for a little boy, red-headed. His mother will have one of those things that women wear around their heads. What is scarves, you know? And she's a tall, thin woman. The little boy's about so high with polio. Very badly crippled. He's going to be made instantly whole. When I see him, I'll know him. It's a vision. Now, he and see you watch, and You'll see those things that'll come to pass. Our Lord is here tonight. Many are standing. Been standing for quite a while, no doubt. Now, I feel sorry for you that I have to stand like that. Someday, there's some of the brothers out on the field that well, they they probably is a little more prosperous in the financial ways than I was, and they got great big tents. And many of them now are not using them. So several of them has called me and told me I could have their tent if I wanted to use it. Some of them see as many as fifteen thousand. I was talking to Brother Reed. I'd like to bring that right outside of Jonesboro and pitch it for about a month somewhere out there. Yeah. a little old place like the we get all the churches everywhere to cooperate. No matter who they are, let them cooperate. Now, of course, we know there will be many that won't. There are many that would not cooperate. But uh, there are some that does not believe in divine healing. They've never had a touch of God. They can't believe. They just can't believe. There's nothing there to believe with. See? Just, if there's no life there's just no life that's, that's just it right. so you well you don't want to argue with the people the Bible said just let them alone we've had them all through the ages. started back there with Cain they come all down through the age and now the whole vine is going to seed and we're sure it'll be these days so be very very ecclesiastical very orthodox too in belief but just simply, strictly unbelievers, born in the world for that purpose and couldn't believe that they had to. The Bible said so. And that's the Word of God. Born in the world foreordained to this condemnation. So we just have to have it. But where the carcasses, the eagles will be gathered. Where God is moving, people will come to worship God. It's always been. Now I'm very thankful and expressing my thanks tonight to Brother Reed and to Sister Reed, to the officers of this church, to every member, for your fine cooperation during this time. We are a little party has been scattered. Different ones are home resting, Mr. Sherrits in Phoenix, Arizona, Mr. Bosworth in Durban, South Africa setting a meeting together, Baron Bonnenbergs in India making a, ready a dinner I'm to have a dinner with Mr. Nehru, which is the Prime Minister of India. And then he goes from there to the King of Transjordan for a little dinner, and then we go in from there, from the Mohammedans over to Israel, and from there up to Luxembourg, Germany. Mr. Baxter, the speaker, he's in British Columbia. My next meeting, known, will be at Connersville, Indiana. We'll have seating capacity there for around twenty thousand. And so at Connorsville, Indiana. That meeting has been set up now. There's 43 full gospel churches in the district there cooperating with it, with many, many dozens of more from over Toledo, Ohio, and all through there. We begin on the 31st of this month at Connorsville, Indiana, in a big Holy Spirit rally, preaching the gospel, praying for the sick, expecting many to be there. And we invite you, if you're any way around that neighborhood, come. If if you've been converted during the time of this revival and you don't have any church that you've taken up with yet, I'd ask you to come join this little church. It's a wonderful little place here to come serve the Lord. If I lived here in this neighborhood, I'd be a member of this church. I am a member of it anyhow. I'm an associate pastor. (laughs) And so on. I have to come back once in a while to see about my church and I look around you know so I'll be back to see you Lord willing pretty soon and so and all you people that surround these other cities that belongs to these churches go to church every day every day that you can every day they have service go tend your church be real loyal just stand by your church stand by your pastor help him out with everything you got give him spiritual support fast and pray for him and have faith in Him and God will lead the church on to that glorious day that we're looking forward to come. No matter, you say, well, some of our church don't believe. Well, not. As long as you believe the main fundamentals and they're born again of the Spirit of God, well, you might believe Christ's coming on a white horse and some believe He's coming on a white cloud, but that won't stop Him from coming. <laughs> he'll come anyhow. So just, just, you just believe Him, you see, and He'll be here. And now, um, I appreciate all Brother Reed said they would taken a love offering for me, which I I did. And I I mean a missionary offering tonight, too. Now, what I do with uh, money, the reason I don't own a big tent or have places like that, I spend every penny of money. And God, who is my solemn judge, knows that everything that I don't have to have to live on, I put it in foreign missions and go over to the heathen lands to preach the gospel to the heathens, to bring in the same type of ministry that you see right here. And then when that day comes, I I'll, I'll want to be counted a steward that did just exactly what God would have me to do. And if I know I take it myself and go over there and do... Well, it won't be altogether... I won't receive the reward. It'll be you people that sent me because I couldn't go without you sending me. That's, that's right. Without you making a way. And God put on your heart and I'll use every bit of the best of my knowledge for the outgoing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray on that day when the crowns are given out to the saints that I'll be standing back when I see the Jonesburg group come up there. <laughs> I'll be awful noisy, I'm afraid, <laughs> when I see them place. I think of what it will be when the Last Supper is set there in glory and we've all overcome, set across the table from one another. I look across the table and see old battle-scarred saints sitting there, tears of joy running down our cheeks. We just have to reach across the table and take one another by hand. I say, Oh, Brother, I'm so glad to see you. Just think of that long supper table. Then the king will come out in his beautiful garments and wife all tears from her eyes, saying, Don't cry no more. We're all here. Now it's all over. Last prayer meeting's over now. No more fasting. No more praying. We're all home. Now I enter into the joys of the Lord. That's what I want to hear. That's what I'm working hard, day and night, all the time that I can to do. Now." The Lord bless you, and I hope to be back with you. That string hangs on the outside of my door at home. Coming through there, drop in, say, are you, Brother Brown? There's a crowd there. Usually is, so just push right on through. Say, I'm from Arkansas. <laughs> I want to read some Scripture for about a ten-minute talk. Then we'll try to call a prayer line. I don't know how we're going to do it, but, but we're going to try, if the Lord's willing. Now, if you want to turn your air conditioner on for a few months, getting pretty warm, why, like, you go right ahead. That's all right. I want to read some scripture out of St. John, the third chapter. And I'll make it quick so that we can go right into the line. Now, first verse beginning at the eighth, the ninth verse of the third chapter. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily I say unto you, We speak that what we know, testify that what we see, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you have not believed, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And no man has sent it up to heaven, but he that come down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. If I put some a little what I would call a text, I've been speaking this week upon who was Jesus? What type of a ministry did he have? What did the world think about him? How did they receive Him? And then comparing His ministry with today and see if it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, all bases on on Hebrews 13, 12. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and forever. And tonight, I would speak God's provided way for a subject. We've often thought Of how, if we were looking for Jesus, what we'd have to look for. If He promised He'd be with us to the end of the world, then surely, though our faith failed, yet He's here. If our faith failed, yet He is faithful, He cannot disown Himself. He's here. And if I what I think, friends, that that what we fail is our faith fails to believe that we take him as something way well off somewhere else when he's right here with us. He's just as real in this room tonight as this light is. Darkness can't come in this room as long as this light's here. No matter how dark it is outside, it'll never get so dark, but what this light will overcome the darkness. Is that right? Amen. No matter how much dark I have to press through that window, as long as that light's there, light is more powerful than darkness. And when faith comes in, no matter how much unbelief stands around, the light is greater than the darkness. And I believe God's just as real in this room tonight as that light is. It's the light on my hand, and just as close as the light is on my hand. Now, If we've seen him in his earthly ministry, he went about, he didn't claim to be a great person, he didn't claim to be a healer. I hear so much slam that the devil has given upon people who pray for the sick, call them divine healers. Well, because a man preaches divine healing doesn't make him no divine healer. If it does, it makes a man who preaches salvation a divine savior. Would you think it'd be nice to call a preacher, there's my divine Savior going there? Well, certainly you wouldn't want to do that. Well, that's just as scriptural as saying there goes a divine healer. A man preaching divine healing doesn't make him a healer no more it makes a man a Savior. A minister can't save you. He can tell you the Word and point you to Christ. And Christ can't save you what He's already done. He saved you 1,900 years ago. You just have to accept it. Well, then man can't heal you. He can only point you to Christ who healed you 1,900 years ago when he died. Recently, I was in a place where there was two Stuart Hamilton, a few great outstanding fundamental preachers, which probably would not like for me to call their name here before this mixed audience. And this one minister walked up to me and he said, Brother Branham, as a man, I admire you. He said, but your doctrine of divine healing is all wrong. I said, well, then the Bible's all wrong. And he said, oh, you can't. You preach divine healing by the Bible, by the atonement? I said, yes, sir. He said, Brother Branham, of course, he knew I didn't have any education. And he said, Brother Branham, if I'll prove to you that you're wrong by the Bible, will you accept it? I said, Yes, Brother. Certainly. Anybody can show me wrong by the Scripture, then I'll I'll accept it. I don't want to be wrong. And he said, All right. And you preach divine healing by the Atonement. I said, Yes, sir. He said, Isaiah's prophecy thereby. I said, Yes, sir. uh, he said, Brother Branham, if divine healing... Now, listen close everyone. He said, if divine healing was in the atonement, there wouldn't be any more pain. A man couldn't even have a pain if divine healing's in the atonement, because the atonement makes it so covered that there wouldn't be even pain. I said, Brother, do you believe there is salvation in the atonement for the soul? He said, Yes. I said, Is there temptation?
1: Hey, Amen.
0: And he said, you apply it to Isaiah? I said, yes, sir. Of course, without education, I have to depend on the Holy Spirit for his wisdom. He said, don't take no thought watch. You'll say it will be given to you at that minute. I've been twisted around across the world three times now. And he's never failed yet. He won't. He said, Well, Reverend Branham, I want to ask you something. He said, If I'll prove to you by the Bible that Isaiah's prophecy has already been fulfilled and done away with according to, he said, tuck our infirmities and so forth and bruise for our iniquities. I said, Yes, sir. He said, All right. Matthew 8 said that when evening was come, they brought to him the multitudes of people that... He might heal them, and He healed them all, which is to fulfill which Isaiah the prophet said himself took our infirmity. I said, He said, You see, Brother Branham, that proved that it was fulfilled right there because the Bible said that it was fulfilled. I said, Brother, what do you mean to say that you believe that Isaiah's prophecy he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and so forth. And with His stripes for healed. the healing taking place there that fulfilled it." He said, that's what the Bible said. I said, then the atonement had more power before it was made than after it was made, after it come into effect. Because that was a year and six months before Jesus even died. The atonement hadn't even been made. So how could it be?
1: And
0: he said, now, well, I said, I want to ask you something, brother. He got to using great big words, and I said, "Now don't go to speaking in unknown tongues to me because I can't understand it." See. I said, "You just talk plain everyday English. It's like you in the King James version." And I said, "We'll understand each other." And I said, "I want to ask you something. Will you admit that divine healing is in the Word? In the Word." I just want him to say that. See, no. He said, "Yes." It's in the Word, but the atonement's over the Word, see? And he said, because in Mark 11, some of them said Mark 16 is not inspired, but Mark eleven twenty said, Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive it. Amen. Whatsoever. He said, yes, it's in the Word, but it's not in the atonement. I said, you mean God put it in the Word without putting it in the atonement? He said, the atonement is over the Word. That's where you make your failure, Brother Brandon. I give him a little parable. I said, Brother, one time there was a king, and he had a great kingdom. And in this he made the rules and the atonements and so forth of the king. And I said, There was a slave committed a crime, and that crime required death. And so he called the slave up, read off, and it was death. So there was nothing for the slave to do but die. So He said, What can I do before I kill you? And a slave said, get me a glass of water. And so they brought him a glass of water, and a poor fellow knew he was going to die, so he was shaking his heart, he couldn't hold the glass in his hand. And he said, now wait a minute, before you, before I take your life, I'm going to, uh, you drink that water before I take your life. And I'm not going to take your life until you drink that glass of water. And the slave filled the water on the ground. I said, now what's he going to do? If he's a man of honor, he's got to keep his word, no matter what the law says. He's got to keep his word. Well, he said, of course, brother Brown. That was a slip up on the king. I said, then God so loose he let a slip up, put it in His word, not put it in the atonement. <laughs> no, don't don't talk that to me. No, you can't do it. No, it, you can't deny it what it's in the word, and if it's in the word, the atonement's to back the word up. For every word of God's inspired said, so Do you believe Mark 16 is inspired? I said, Yes, sir. Every, all from ninth verse on, I said, Yes, sir. They take up serpents and drink deadly things? I said, Yes, sir. I believe it's inspired. I don't believe in tempting, no more than anything else. But I said, I, I believe that it's inspired word. One time there was a woman. Her boy went away to college, and he learned a whole lot, you know. And while he was gone away to some great college to learn all about God and everything, his poor old mother got sick, and the doctor's about to give her up. She had pneumonia, was going to die. So this little old woman lived down the street, went to a mission, a full gospel mission. So I come back up, told her, said, "Now, lady, said, do you believe your pastor believes in praying for the sick?" Said, "No, I don't believe we believe in divine healing down there." Said, "Well, our church believes in divine healing. Let me get your my pastor to come up and pray for you." She said, "Well, all right." And so the pastor come up and an order with all and prayed for her. And the woman got well. So her, her boy came home from the cemetery, seminary, uh, a little later on. So when I, I get those two mixed up, and they're so close together anyhow. So I uh, got, got up there. So the first thing, you know, he said, Mother dear, I'm so glad to see you and rejoiced with her. and said, Now, the thing I was wondering, Mother... He said, you, you was telling me you been so sick and I was ready to come home. Then all at once you wrote and told me you were well. He said, I never did get the meanings of that. He said, Oh, honey, didn't you understand? He said, No. He said, Do You know where that little mission is downtown there? Yes. He said, That full gospel preacher come up and pray for me, anoint me with oil, and the Lord heal me. Hallelujah. Why? He said, Mother. The very idea. Why? Well, I said, Of course, those are illiterate people down there. Said they do not understand. Said we have learned at the seminary that Mark 16. That's where she said. Said well, he prayed over me and read the Bible and said, "They lay hands on the sick and they shall recover." And said I believed it. And said God heal me. Why He said, Mother, said, Mark 16 from the ninth verse on is not inspired. She stood there a little bit. She said, well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He said, Mother, what's the matter with you? said, I was just a thinking. If God could heal me with uninspired word, what could He do if that really is inspired? <laughs> If the uninspired word would heal, what would that was really inspired? What would Mark eleven twenty four do? <laughs> what would others do? John 14, uh, John fourteen twelve and so forth. See, it's all inspired. Now, God has a provided way for His people. He has, there's many people, many of us get out of that way. God has always got a provided way. Do you believe that? Now, Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the brass serpent in the wilderness, where it just read, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now, in a moment, we'll pray for this sake. God always had a provided way. He's got a provided way for nature. He's got a provided way for everything. Here, sometimes I go up into the mountains when I try to get away in the fall year to myself for a week or two to go hunting. Now, I noticed up there one of the most peculiar things Long about September, way up in northern Canada, why there's these little lakes up there. And uh, there's these little old ducks you have down here in these rice fields, they fly up there and go up there and make a nest up there in that lake. And they lay their eggs in the marsh, and they hatch out their young ones. And then the little fellow, time the fall of the year, comes on, he's a great big duck. Well, he's swimming around there on the pond, you know, and... The first thing you know, the first cold breeze comes across and the, the snow cap comes on the mountain. That cold breeze sweeps down through the holler. There's one of them little old fellows on there. a the drake. He's the leader. He's a born leader. He'll run right out in the middle of that pond, stick that little honker up in the air and go honk, 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 honk. Every duck on the pond will come right to him. And he'll raise, he's ne- now remember, he's never been off of that pond. He was born and raised on that pond. But every one of them ducks know that he's a leader, and know that God has sent him for a leader. And that little duck will fly right up from there without a compass or anything else and come just as straight to Arkansas to your rice fields as he can come. Is that right? Why is it? You say it's instinct. The duck has instinct. Well, if. God provided a way with a duck to have sense enough to escape the cold. water about a man led by the Holy Ghost? What would you call that? How to escape your sickness and your diseases and your troubles and your cold spells. God leads. The Holy Spirit leads man. But the trouble duck know their leaders, but we don't. The Holy Spirit talked to us about something you let Dr. So and so explain it all away for you. That's where it's at. <laughs> One time uh, you look in a paper and you get out here and you look at the news they say, tomorrow it's going to be pretty weather, fair. And watch that old sow take the, the, the sticks and corn cobs off of the north side of the hill and come around on the south side of the hill and make her bed. Don't you pay no attention to that newspaper. <laughs> that sow knows more about the weather than what that newspaper accommodator does. <laughs> yes, sir. You go rabbit hunting, watch them rabbits right down under the grass and set way back. Watch out for cold weather, no matter what the paper says. God's given them instinct, He made them with instinct. One time I was plowing, Dad and I we were going down to the field. Pretty we was plowing corn, June, July, we he was laying it by. And one of us. Pulling my horses around, old pair of lines, old rope lines. You ever plow the rope lines? Oh my cut your neck to pieces, no shirt on. <laughs> Sitting there, no plowing. Directly my horses kept snorting and going on. I said, Dad, what's the matter? Look at these horses, how they're acting, and yours too. He said, Son, there's coming a storm. Now I said, Storm? Well, I don't see no storm. He stopped, I never forget the old fellow. He said, But son, you don't understand. He said, God has given a horse an instinct. Now, He can smell that storm. It's way away. And you know, we hadn't plowed a, two or three more rows to a big cloud was coming up. We had to hurry to get to the barn. God gave an instinct. See? An instinct to know and to make a way of escape. God provided a way for them when they could smell the storm way away to get the shelter. See? He's made a way for us, but we refuse to accept it. Amen. I remember hunting up one day in the mountains. How beautiful up there in Colorado. I know we go elk hunting not to kill the beast so much as it was just to be alone. Remember one day up there I was walking around come a storm early fall about October. And I was way back 70 miles from civilization camping back there. And it come a real hard rainstorm and I got behind a tree. The rain's blowed over. The elk hadn't come down yet. It's way high in the mountain. And as he... As the rains began to blow, I got behind the tree, and it turned cold. After the rain was over, I looked out, and the evergreens just froze where the rain hit it, and the rainbow come out like that across the valley. Oh, my, you talk about deep, calling to the deep. I got to feeling real good. You know what I mean. And after a while, I heard an old gray wolf howl up here, and a mate answer it down the bottom. Oh, my. My mother's a half breed, so you know I I I couldn't stand it much longer. Some crying out, I thought, "Oh God, look at there! at the great eye, Jehovah, sitting and looking across the mountain. There's his rainbow, his covenant. He'll no more destroy it with water, but fire next time." I could see Revelations one where he was sitting on his throne to look upon his jasper and sardius stone, the first, the last. He that was, which is, and shall come, and with a rainbow over his head, a covenant made with his own blood to the people, by grace would he save them. Oh, something begin to call out. I heard a noise over here, a lot of fussing going on. There's a little old, what we call pine jack, a little old squirrel about that long, eats pine cones. Fussy little fellow. Oh, my, he's like the Irishman's owl, just all fuss and feathers. I looked at him. He was sitting on a stump, just a chirping around. I thought, what's he fussing about? Maybe scared of me. And I happened to look coming up under an old blowdown. There were some trees that blow down years ago. And there was a big, great big eagle coming out from under there. Did you ever see a big white head eagle? Oh, he's a beautiful species. And he comes pulling out of there. And that little old squirrel was barking at him. So I seen him come out. And I seen him sit down there. And I thought, oh, my, look how brave he is. He looked towards that little squirrel, he looked over towards me. Those great big grey looking eyes that flashed. I thought, oh, what does that what does that mean? What God put that eagle before me for? I believe all things work together for good to them that love God. Everything. Everything that you're here tonight for some purpose. You're here because God led you here. And I thought, Lord, what you got me standing here crying? And I was having a spell. I would run around and around that tree and scream to the top of my voice and jump up and down and throw my arm. You'd have thought I was a fanatic. Sure enough, you'd see me then. Well, nobody there to hear me but the Lord, but I was shouting to Him. I set my gun down and around and around and around the tree. I went, hallelujah, hallelujah, around and around and around the tree again. I guess that eagle thought I was a peculiar species. So he looked over at me, and I said, Say, fellow, are you scared of me? He just sat there and looked at me. I thought, oh, my, I see God, you want me to see that eagle because he's brave. That's what it is. God don't want cowards. God wants brave men. He don't want you to say here in a tabernacle, you're healing, go out there and meet some fanatic that don't believe in divine healing. Yeah, he's a fanatic. That's right. He calls you one, but it's just vice versa. Huh? And you're afraid to tell him about your healing? You're afraid to testify at your work about the saving grace of Jesus Christ, about having the baptism of the Holy Ghost? God don't want people like that. No, sir. I thought, how brave he is. I thought, what makes him so brave? And I watched him. I thought, maybe he's scared of me. And I grabbed my gun like that. And he just batted those big eyes and looked at me. I thought, he's not afraid of me. I wonder, why aren't you afraid of me? Well, did you know I could shoot you? And, of course, I wouldn't have done it because I was admiring him. I thought, I could shoot you. He's just sitting there, and I noticed what made him so. So brave, he was taking that big wings and going, I thought, oh, I see <laughs> why you so, you're so brave. God gave you two wings to get away with. <laughs> God provided you some wings, and you can trust in them. You know what they are, and you believe them. And no matter how quick I tried to get that rifle up, you'd be in them bushes and I couldn't even see you. That's the reason, you, as long as you can feel them wings there, you're all right. I thought, "Oh God, that's right. As long as I feel the Holy Spirit there, I know there's something." Let the devil say what he wants to. Something's there. Yes, sir. Something there, that's there. Something there. Now, watched him a few minutes. Finally, he got tired. of That little old pine squirrel barking at him, and he just give one big jump like that. Flopped about twice. Not run here and run there and run there. Just give about two flops, and he set his wings. He never flopped his wings one more time. Now watch him. He just knows how to ride them air currents. And he went on. Up. The air hit him again. He went up. Up. I stood there crying with my hands up. Left that little old earthbound chatter, chatter. I thought, that's it, Lord. It isn't run here and there. Jumping here and there. It's just knowing how to set your wings in the power of God. And when the waves come through, ride right up. On. 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 Shatter says the days of miracles is passed and no such a thing as divine healing. Christ died 1900 years ago. He's alive tonight.
1: Yes. Now, yes.
0: How many people? The same yesterday, today, and forever. He shares nature. If I go out tonight and look up through them clouds out there, you see sitting out in the bush here, I was noticing where I've been staying. There's an old nightingale sits out there. Oh my, if he don't sing these dark nights. I'll study the nightingale. The reason he sings, he looks around he can see one star. As long as he can see one star, he'll sing to the top of his voice. Why? He knows the sun's shining somewhere, shining on that star. So he sings. So, oh, my, if I can hear one good old-fashioned amen, if I can hear something take place, I can sing to the top of my voice to know that Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forever, as long as
1: the light is moving.
0: If I should look to that star and say, little star, I sure think you're pretty and shining. If he could talk back to me and say, Brother Branham, it's not me shining. It's the sun shining on me, making me shine. That's, a doctor said to me a long time ago, he said, Brother Brandon, don't you think those people are just a little nervous and worked up? I said, no, sir. <laughs> I said, I don't believe it. He said, they just get a little bit noisy. I said, no, it ain't. It's something. It's not them shining. It's something shining on them. That's what does it. I stopped by an old pool up in the mountains here not long ago where you used to lay down and drink. Now, I wonder what makes that pool so happy, Is This bubbling, jumping, bubbling, jumping, bubbling, jumping. I said, what makes you so happy? Maybe deers drink out of you, and that's what makes you happy. He'd say, no. I'd say, maybe bears drink. No, that ain't what makes me happy. Oh, what makes you bubble? Because I come by every year and drink from you? No. If he could talk, he'd say, Brother Branham, it's not me bubbling. It's not behind me pushing me, making me bubble. <laughs> so that's the way it is. Whatever man is born again, there's something in a man that's got the baptism of the Holy Ghost that makes him believe the supernatural, makes him believe in God, led by the Spirit. It's not the man. It's something inside of him pushing out. Right. He can't hold it. He just can't stop himself. There's something there moving. God provides a way. God provided an ark for the saving of the household of Noah and his family. God prepared twelve stones by Elijah one time for the reserving of the children of Israel. God's always made a provided way. When there's in the wilderness, and the first thing you know, sin set in. Now watch. Here's one for the unbeliever. When they begin to chat against Moses and they sin, God told Moses to lift up a brass serpent. We had time to go in details to see what that serpent meant, what the brass divine judgment, what the serpent's sin already judged, so forth, all the symbols. And when this serpent is lifted up, it was for a compound reason, a reason that man had sinned and were sick. And they looked and asked forgiveness, and looked on the brass serpent, and whoever looked and believed was made whole. Now, Jesus said that as Moses lifted up the brass serpent, just the same purpose, the same reason, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And if the type would let the people get well, how much more ought the antitype to do? If the brass serpent in a shadow would do it, what ought the reality to do? My! Amen. Well, here we go, huh? Oh, I just feel... I feel pretty religious right now. I really do. Yes? All right. The Lord bless you. God's provided way for you tonight, no matter how many unbelievers... They can build big ecclesiastical troughs and run all the water off here and all the water off there, but just the same, the rains are falling. For whosoever will, let him come and drink. That's right. For Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. When you hear somebody say, "Brother Branham, a divine healer," you know that man n- needs to go to the psychopathic cells <laughs> because he's not right here. Something's wrong. For anybody that would know, or think a man to be a healer. That's just a, a man is working on the inspiration of the devil. I could prove that by the Bible. <laughs> it's exactly right. It was the devil who always put a question mark across the Word of God. Looking here, when Jesus was on earth, he was a prophet. you believe it? He said, I don't do nothing until the Father tells me. They said, come down here and heal this one. Come over here and heal this and we'll believe you. That same old ecclesiastical devil still
1: lives.
0: Live right on. People, unbelievers. That's exactly. Notice here. They put a rag around his face and they hit him on the head. Said, Now, if you're a prophet, tell us who hit you. We'll believe you then. Jesus never opened his mouth. He didn't clown for people. Yet he knew the woman at the well where her sin was. He knew where Nathaniel was when he was under the fig tree, what had happened. You know where a fish was had a coin in his mouth? He perceived the thoughts of the people. Is that right? But when it comes to clowning for somebody, no, no, he didn't do that. He only done what the Father told him. Then they pinned him on a cross. And here come the holy, renowned scholars of the day. <coughs> Let that soak in. Scholars, holy, renowned, without a blemish, teachers. Chalups come and said before him, said, Now, we'll give you a proposition in this wise. You come down off the cross, and we'll accept you as the Messiah. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing.
1: They're
0: they're, he could have come off of there. I believe that there's an angel sitting in every bush, saying, Lord, just point your finger. We'll change this thing here. Amen. They said he saved others, but himself he can't save. The greatest comment was ever given. If he saved himself, he couldn't save others. He had to give himself to save others. But how little do they know it? Blind leading the blind. See, the same spirit. Look, I'll prove it to you it's a Satan. When Satan met Jesus, he said, If thou be the Son of God, you can do miracles now. You're a divine healer. You're all this. Make these stones bread, and I'll believe you. Is that right? Yeah. See where the fatherhood of that spirit is? Tuck him up on the temple and say, Now look, it's written in the Scripture here, like they point Mark 16 to us today. It's written in the Scripture here. Uh, he gave give the angels charge over there. At the same time, of the day, she put a bed up. Jump down off here. Then when you get to the ground, just bury yourself back up like that. See? Give him Scripture. Jesus turned around to him and said, I shall not tempt the Lord thy God. That's right. It is also written. (laughs) That's right. He put the Scriptures right back to him. God has a provided way. If the doctor short your duty to go to your doctor, it's your duty to do whatever you can for yourself. But look, brother, when you get to a place where the doctor can't help you, you've got a right to call on God. Amen exactly right. And you believe it. And God has a provided way and that provided way tonight is what? Not your brother Branham, brother Reed or any other minister. It's Jesus Christ the Son of God who healed you 1900 years ago and we're only pointing to it. Brother Reed as a minister is pointing to it by the Word. God gave a divine gift in the church that points to it and says it's Jesus Christ. Then you believe Jesus Christ. Friends, And Jesus Christ has already, listen, scripturally, here it is, Christ has healed every sick person in this room right now. That is in the Scripture. He was wounded for our transgression, and with His stripes we were healed. Past tense. The only thing in the world you can do is look and believe. Look and live. That's not pointing towards the Pentecostal church or the Baptist church or any other church. It's pointing towards Jesus Christ. Look and live. And you look to Calvary night, Accept your healing by faith. If you can believe it by the Word, by signs, by wonders, and whatever. God's sovereign grace going down after His Word gives signs and wonders and other things to get people to believe Him. Oh, I trust that you will. God bless you. I'm sorry I kept you standing that long. But the Lord bless you. God has a provided way if you're ready to walk in it. Are you ready? Are you ready to believe Him? If He's the same yesterday and forever, He'll do the same things today that He did yesterday and will forever. Is that right? Let's bow our heads. Inside and out, if you will now. Heavenly Father, we're at the The closing, just before a great meeting closes, I should say, we're standing before you crowded in this little building, where are the carcasses the eagles will gather, hungry-hearted people? Bless them, Lord. God be with them. Bless my brother Reed and sister Reed and the little fella. That little guy, I pray that you'll bless him. Give a vision of him five years before he arrived here on earth. That he was coming. Bless the church. Here's handkerchiefs laying here, Father. I pray that you'll bless them for their intended purpose. May every sick person that wears these be made well. They say we've taken from the body of Paul handkerchiefs and aprons. We know we're not St. Paul, but we know you're still Jesus. It wasn't St. Paul. It was Jesus that was within him, and the Holy Spirit's still here tonight, the same as he was, doing the same Same critics from the outside, same believing from the inside. How we thank you! And now, Lord, as our servant stands tonight. May your Spirit come near. Setting here is a picture of the Angel of God, the pillar of fire that led the children of Israel through the wilderness, Jesus Christ, the Angel of the Covenant, the same yesterday with Israel, the same today with us, and will be forever. Bless us now together. Send your glorious gospel in operation. May the angel of God come, and may thy servant be anointed. For we ask that in Christ's name that many be healed and saved. Amen. Now, Christian friends, Billy was telling me while I was sitting back there in the room listening to the preaching and so forth tonight, that he's give out prayer cards all along each night is give out X, W, Q, Y, everything else (laughs) of different prayer cards. People are holding them in here. We have a call from somewhere in there. Have a few here at the platform. And are you all willing to wait a little while? Are you? Raise your hand if you're not too hot or tired just to wait a few minutes. Let's pray. Now notice, if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he can do the same as he did yesterday, today, and forever. You believe that, don't you? Now he would know your heart. But he couldn't heal you because God's already done that. Isn't that right? He's already done that. All right. Now, where would we call the pattern? It's so banked there. That's. I don't know just how... If you want to come from there, maybe you get that group to walk, or walk across. Is them rooms all packed out in there too, are they? If maybe if they can move back a little bit and start a prayer line to, to get the prayer line lined up then they could come back in. you think that could be done? Or what do you think? What's that? note right here. Maybe this group right
1: here to the door. What's that?
0: All right, maybe that would be good. Well, then the people have to have a place to come down. Or
1: <laughs>
0: well, we might let them go right back the same route and go back. Say, wonder if some of you people right here would mind come standing right back in here so we can line a prayer line up. Thank you very much. That's very gallant of you. Now, let those that are in the room kind of back there. Don't push in the door, if you will, brother, sister, so we can get a little place for a prayer line. Now, let see. Give me Give me some of those numbers, Paul, some of those letters. Oh my